Hi there, it's Memory from Friends Abroad Relationship School. And this is episode 26 of um, Trauma on the Screen. And I'm hoping that this time we are able to um, to do this properly. Uh, so we are featuring a, a film or reviewing a film entitled Damage. And I'm going to be um, joined by my friend um, Judita to review this film. So Damage is a film about self-betrayal. It is a film about um, not adhering to the, um, you know, to the vows in a marriage and also um, betraying someone else. Uh, because we know that when we betray ourselves, we are also likely to betray another person. So basically, this film starts with a, a doctor turned minister who is married, has got an older son, and he has a young daughter also. And um, this man is, um, okay, let's bring Judith to the camera once a month. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I hope we can we can do this this time. Third time lucky. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm just uh, explaining the whole uh, film about um, Stephen going home and um, finding out that his son Martin has got a girlfriend, a new girlfriend, and then he goes to a party and then the girlfriend appears at the party. And this is where my concerns start because she seemed to have sought him out um, at the party. Although, yes, she introduced herself, but she was actually, she went in there as if she was looking for him. And then she went to him, she approached him and introduced herself. And then she was staring at him. She had been staring at him uh, from the start. And this makes me think she was seeking him out. It was as if it was intentional to me yeah uh, but that, that is a trauma which was being portrayed there but in a way where she was seeking chaos yeah i, I can... felt that as well that she was intentionally on the prey as yeah it was almost a bit sinister um yeah you know yeah yeah, I, I thought so too. Uh, I thought she sought, him, she sought him out and knowing that he was um, the father of her fiancé. Mm -hmm. And then um, they, they meet obviously at home where she turned up with, uh, with Martin and, um, and there was this tension between them which was palpable. And, and I'm also wondering about the marriage itself between uh, Ingrid and, and Stephen, whether it was solid enough, obviously not, because she missed all those little cues. She missed that interaction between them because body language is very strong and powerful, isn't it? I, I actually, um, you know, I, I didn't... Uh, um... I, I didn't see that in the sense that I, I couldn't have, like if I were the wife, I couldn't have picked up his body language. I mean, I, I thought that, uh, you know, uh, yes, I, di I didn't think their marriage was ideal, or at least at that point, there was obviously some problems, right? Because he, he felt not connected enough to realize, well, to himself and to her, to realize that, you know, he's wandering off and that maybe he should focus 
on reviving the marriage with, with her instead of you know seeking external validation outside so that was already problematic so i guess yeah it wasn't at least maybe it was earlier on but not not at the point at that point in time because it wouldn't have yes. happened i and, think and, and, that if you're strongly connected right you would recognize that uh something's wrong you know that that uh, something needs to be revived in marriage i think that is true that is so true and um what really struck me about uh, the the two of them is the way that they proceeded to then start sleeping together knowing that this is my son's girlfriend and i have a wife at home and she knowing that this is my 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 my, my fiance's um father and i am in a relationship yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're for me, that, for me, that was actually, well, I think that was the most, uh, most um, um, a, a compelling part, actually, right? Because, sorry, let me, I'm sorry that I'm shifting, <laughs> uh, because, um, uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't think through of the potential consequences, and the consequences were actually the most horrific that you can have. And that's what the wife says at that when we get to that point though i mean i'm jumping a bit ahead but that's what the wife said in her uh, dialogue with him uh, when their son dies didn't you think of the of you know what it could do to me and to him she says at, at one point yes. and i think what happens is that when are you are you able to <laughs> to move you know what i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go to another i i was clinked to emmanuel late earlier on <laughs> I, i'll go upstairs i think yes. the connection should be okay yeah now i can i, I was breastfeeding him yeah <laughs> okay here we yeah, go yeah i noticed yeah, you <laughs> so that that can help so, so um what i what i felt was that um when you are when you have trauma and huge unresolved trauma i don't think you are able to recognize what you are getting yourself into you can get yourself into danger the problem is i have said this before we tend to assume because we have abandoned the psychological dimension of existence we tend to assume that danger is only physical you see when someone is waving a weapon at me i feel that is danger but we don't recognize that danger there is a lot of danger in psychological um, aspects and social aspects which come also in in they are in in in, in psychological form anyway because what happens is when trauma it takes away our self leadership and this is why what it what happened to this person this man who had he was a doctor he had made decisions all his life that were useful and helpful and also he had healed, obviously made decisions in at work as a doctor and now he is not thinking through what he is doing amongst all the people in the world even if he wanted to betray his wife to choose his son's girlfriend you can you can actually notice that 
there is no self leadership there it's all been taken away he's now thinking like a child you see and this is a politician yeah. which yeah. we say yeah. social status yeah and, and I also uh, I also thought you know when we talked earlier about the other movie Phantom Thread and um, you said oh people can use all kinds of ways to uh, to um, um, uh, to condition you know um, so here I think the woman was using sex as um, it was so obvious you know to to lure him and to to be needed to be needed I think that was the discussion we had. Absolutely. And, um, wow. Yeah. And about him, if I can say, I mean, maybe we'll get to it. Uh, we, get, we get to the scene, but, you know, since we're talking about him, I also, uh, for me, uh, the scene uh, where they had uh, dinner with the grandfather of the wife uh, was very significant, yes. where he said, it reveals how how he grew up in what kind of environment he grew up and he says the son says um uh you know she the girlfriend comments at least you had roots right at least you had a family you know in one piece and the divorce but then he says yeah but something was missing and then he's she further asked what what was that and he said um he says well i guess warmth was missing and then the mother uh, takes the self-blame and then he corrects her, the son corrects her and he says, actually, it was, the da- it was my dad, it was you, dad, that lacked warmth. So I think that also tells a little bit about how, you know, the dynamic of him growing up and how, how, he, how he was and what, I guess, it's also a kind of probably trauma, you know, that he couldn't uh, relate to his... Um, to his son uh, with connection and with warmth. I thought that was quite significant. That is so true. Thank you for raising that because I feel that for Martin to gravitate towards this woman, that was not a, a, a healthy relationship because he was with somebody who was who was betraying him. And so there was something he was seeking out that he found in his woman, in this woman. And there was also something that his mother, his father was seeking out that they found in this same person, you see. And uh, for him to be betrayed, Martin, there was something that must have happened in his, in his childhood uh, for him to face that betrayal. And maybe this, this doctor, this man, maybe it was not his first time to do that. Maybe he had done it privately and he hadn't been caught, you see. Because that that tends to happen quite a lot. And also being a doctor, doctors tend to work long hours. They tend not to be there at home most of the time, especially when they are still in the early stages of their profession. Um, And over the years, unless they become consultants and they are doing their own thing, or they are locums and they choose their work. Otherwise, doctors do work a lot. And it could be that Ingrid was looking after his children and this um, Stephen was not there most of the time, so that might have also caused this problem with um, with Martin meeting up Anna, because he was also able to give a space, apparently a lot of space, to do what he wanted, what she wanted, and this is what Peter said when he saw Stephen. You remember in the scene when this guy was at um, Anna's flat, 
Yes, yeah. Yeah, he said, um, yeah. I mean, her, her childhood friend, right? Peter, her childhood friend. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so so that, that is very powerful. And what, what I also picked up about Anna, for, for her, it was not so much the trauma of her brother, but there was a whole dynamic of her diplomat father moving around. I have read, you know, from uh, in books uh, written by Bowlby about this having an impact because it doesn't provide roots for a child when they move around a lot. Apparently, it's actually as impactful as any other trauma because they don't have a sense of stability as they move around. And I didn't know this myself. I've done this before where you move around with children and you think that, well, it's for, you know, we have to and all that. But actually, I thinking about it and looking at it and reading from the books, it doesn't give a child stability. They cannot form roots in one place because they are worried that they are going to be moving soon. So consequently, I think what happened between Anna and her brother was that she ended up being too attached to her brother. And in that, they had to look after each other because there was no stability elsewhere. They were the only stab stable figures in their own lives, the two of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the mother divorced uh, several times as well. I mean, apart from the moving, they yes. were, they were the, the, the different men as well. And um, yeah, that was actually quite obvious uh, from, from her nar narrative, what she was telling about her brother. Um, and it was a, it yes. was a, 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 an almost like an incestual, I mean, kind of like a, quite a sick attachment actually, because I think uh, what yes. she was implying quite directly actually, right? That he was sexually attracted to her or, or wanted to. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, right? So that was quite, un that is true. Well, yes. obviously quite un concerning. I, I think you wonder what Yes, from the review of the film, it did say that um, the brother was attracted to her in that way. From the film, it would seem like things actually might have, you know, gone further, but we, we don't know that. Um, but there was that element, and I feel that he was 15, 16, was, wasn't he? And I think what happened was yeah. that he was, because of the instability in their lives, he had taken the attachment with his sister a step further and it was no longer just a sister. He saw it as everything that he could have. And so he wanted her to himself because if he didn't, he wouldn't have anyone else because of the instability of the adults around them. Yeah. And, and yeah. this is what happens with children. They can end up in that category where they can take things too far because they are trying to cope and they don't know right or wrong. You see that this is my sister. I can't have her like that. 
all my life, she has to have her own life. And this is the reason why he killed himself. And can I ask you, Modesty, then, um, I mean, in this case, do you think it's the failure, a failure, let's not use that word, but the, the oversight of the mother to have picked up cues that, you know, something's um, a bit off between the two of them, between her son and her daughter, or that they're too attached, or do you think it was neglect or, you know, or just missing, missing out on the clues um, by the mother? I think she might have been a self-absorbed parent. Um, there are there are parents like that. Um, they are called self-absorbed. You can actually look them up. So self-involved, and they they focus more on themselves, and they don't really uh, sort of care much about anyone else. And it's not because they don't want to care, but because of their own trauma. What they tend to do is they are too self-involved. They are too, they, they've got self-pity, in, in, in fact. So they are trying to find some happiness. If you think about here, marrying four times, it, it, it looks as if she was more focused on trying to find a relationship, trying to find happiness elsewhere than actually yeah. parenting. And we do that, Judita. We do that. I have been that kind of parent myself who didn't recognize that I need to be a parent and be there for my children and thinking that relationships will give me something. Because I only learned later that there was this trauma that was making me look for love in the wrong places. And you can end up pursuing relationships at the expense of your the well of your own well-being and the well-being of your children. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm grateful for learning about trauma and, and about healing because I have recognized that there is so much happiness in myself that I can find in myself, in my own life, and in my, you know, in, in relating with my children more than I can find in a man. It's lovely to have a relationship, but it should not, it must not go to that extent where it damages other relationships or interferes with how you parent. And that is what a lot of people struggle with. They end up pursuing a relationship and they don't realize that in pursuing that relationship their children are suffering because if you find a woman who is complaining about a man if you find a man who is concerned about women or complaining about women most of the time that man or woman does not have a great connected relationship with their children because they are pursuing their own happiness and that stems from our trauma. But awareness is key in this regard. We need to know what we are doing and why we are doing it. And we need to know that happiness is not found outside ourselves. So this is in a nutshell what was happening to this woman. She was self-involved, self-absorbed, and she was not focusing on her children more than she should have, uh, I mean, as she should have done or she needed to do. Sure, I, and I think that's one of the key messages as well of the movie, uh, the powerful messages, because it's also the dynamic with, with him, with uh, Stephen, right? Uh, he was uh, focusing too much on this external 
you know, relationship and not thinking of his, uh, of the well-being of his uh, son. Um, and and same same with the mother of, um, sorry, I forgot the name of the characters of the of the lover of the woman. Um, yeah, I watched it recently, but Anna, I'm not bad at remembering it. Anna, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, th that's definitely one of the key messages as well. I think of of this movie really powerful absolutely absolutely that's a great point because you can notice when he um he when anna told him that um you know you can't leave your wife there's so much there and all that and he didn't care he didn't care he was infatuated infatuated at that point that he didn't mm -hmm. really think of his family and he was not thinking about his daughter because, like you said, this was having an impact on his young daughter. And the problem with, with that is, he took it further. She, the young girl saw him coming out of Anna's room, and he had to lie to her. He had to lie to her without yeah. even thinking of the consequences of what he is doing. And this is what happens when people are now trauma bonded, and they are in this in deep. They can get out in that period. They need to go through the whole process to see someone die for them to then wake up and realize this is a woman who is as ordinary as anyone else. Yeah, no, it was yeah. it was really amazing. And then, you know, about the, the daughter again, you know, that scene where he, um, um, well, yeah, actually it's the scene that you just described. Um, and he kind of justified herself himself to her lying and then she says i thought that was so brilliantly done she didn't say anything she just said uh good night dad i'm off to sleep you know i mean i think that was so telling like she didn't buy it she i mean you know kids are smart they don't they can't uh, you can't lie to them i mean they can pick up on cues i think she connected you know because quite often there were scenes where where they only showed uh, the daughter observing you know um and that was quite meaningful i thought as well it was done i think on purpose to show that you know she's picking up these cues she's not uh, um, uh, uh, clueless as 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 you know as her dad might think you know just because she's a child uh, she picks up on cues, and you know there, there there were often quite a lot of scenes where you where where they focus on her gaze and kind of figuring out what's going on. And uh, I thought that was quite well done as well. And um, and 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 it's very um, you know you remember the period where she had a, a, a kind of a boyfriend, and then, and then something happened, and and uh, they split. So it was like almost like she was mirroring uh, or, or something there was something happening in her world that was reflecting the the adult adult world but um yeah i mean and there too you know i mean i the the i can Im imagine um well no i cannot actually because it's so catastrophic so the damage it, it has done to him uh to the to the wife to the daughter um well, the son died, so obviously that's like final damage. And then uh, you wonder about about Anna and the final scene where where he says, uh, "I saw her at an airport, and she was carrying a baby, and she was just an ordinary uh, person, just like any any other." 
I think that that too was so um, so well um, uh, so, so, such a compelling scene as well because a I thought it it shows how you know we have people around us and they seem ordinary but everyone carries you know and some people carry really quite heavy stuff with them uh, and it's invisible you know we're just ordinary people but I mean what what might uh, be inside of us is uh, not visible really and I think you know that tragedy is uh, has you know you cannot see that in uh, in people you have to kind of live through it and uh, I thought that was also very compelling as well that final scene yes so about um sally the daughter children like gaba Mate said children don't get traumatized because they get hurt but children get traumatized because they are alone with the hurt. because this child was alone observing this and she had nobody to share it with she couldn't share what she was experiencing and that would impact her later on because when you are traumatized and you don't have anyone to share that with, it will catch up with you. And we've learned this from John Bowlby. You know, it, it doesn't really go unless you deal with it, because it needs what cannot be communicated to the mother, you know, is, is something that will take, you, you take it with you to your grave and it will strangle you, it will kill you, it will damage you. Whatever it can do that is adverse, it will do it to you. And this is what happened, was happening to Sally. And if, we, if she was, a, if there are real life Sally's out there, I hope they get help because that is exactly how we all struggle later on. And then what you are talking about, about ordinary people having extraordinary experiences, you see, and, and we can't see that. And this is in two parts, you see. Um, we don't know what anyone else is going through. And so when we are looking out there, we need to be aware uh, of, of the fact that people are not what they seem. People are carrying a lot of burdens. People are carrying a lot of trauma, a lot of weight, and it requires understanding and maybe support for them to get through that. And the second part for Stephen saying these words is like saying that she was as ordinary as any other person and she could, he could have found anyone else, you know, who was as ordinary as, as, as she was. And to me, you see, what that says, what that says is that sometimes we get hung up on someone, we focus on one person and we, 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 we destroy ourselves. We, we go into the world unhappy, go to work sad, go into groups, oh my God, he left me, she left me. And we spend years focusing on one person who is very ordinary, as ordinary as any other person that we can meet. And there are so many ordinary people out there and he could have found another ordinary person to do that with, but he chose her. Yeah. And this is the problem that we have in society. We get to pick people and we attach them to our goals. And the problem with that is people let us down, you see. Because what then happened was when his son had died accidentally because he was sleeping with had girl with this girlfriend, his son's girlfriend, this girlfriend now came to her senses and recognized that she didn't want this 
this is not him for her and she wanted to go back to the person who was there for her when her brother died and now he has ruined his family he has lost his son and he has also lost this woman who led to him losing everything you see because he didn't stop to think there are other people out there or i have a wife at home let me work things through with her if there was a problem and being a doctor he could have gone for therapy i know it was in the 90s and all that uh, but there was therapy then therapy has been there for ages and there were people who, who have been able to there are people who have been able to afford therapy for years and that's what he could have done but he didn't instead he looked at this girl and he saw her as something different entirely different from everyone else until he didn't until he noted how ordinary she was in the end yeah that's a great interpretation i think you know the reference to the final scene what you you were saying earlier about um she's just an ordinary woman and about you know uh the 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 way you interpreted it i i think is is great in, in that you know it can be actually um you know anyone but we attach to goal to the people to go to our goals and uh, uh so yeah yeah that's that, that i think that's the the um the power of that uh, statement of his actually as well as you said um yeah no it yeah. was it was a it was a, a very um compelling movie um and um yeah it, it it really has a lot of lot of messages in terms of you know from a trauma perspective it's a it's a, a great case example, i think <laughs> absolutely you've got a lot of self betrayal there number one um I, i'm sure the relationship with his wife was a betrayal from the start some people marry for the wrong reasons and what then happens is that um they recognize their mistake years later and i feel like that was what was happening there and that needed undoing unfortunately it was the undoing was in the most tragic way and we have her anna with self betrayal of unresolved trauma and betraying herself through and through by going through men and using sex as a weapon to lure people into his life because that's all there was to it there uh, you know until they started having breakfast of course which really didn't help uh, because in the end that's all it was that's all they did each time they met and then we have also the self betrayal because i do wonder whether both um the son martin and ingrid the wife didn't really pick up that there was something wrong in their relationships because sometimes we 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 just turn a blind eye not necessarily to that particular relationship but to the fact that there's something going on because we want so much to hold on to the illusion that i am in a fantastic relationship or i am in a relationship and this is where we go wrong we tend to want a relationship so much that we betray ourselves but things do catch up with time you know something is got to give if you are betraying yourself and then we also have the mother of anna uh, who 
was constantly betraying herself, moving from man to man, man to man. And this was only because she was not happy in herself. And all these people are not happy in themselves. And um, she was trying to find love in all the wrong places. And she couldn't. And she couldn't. And her daughter, they were not that close. But another theme I picked up in there was how family matters, how family is strong, how blood bonds can be that powerful. Because even though they were not close, she invited her mother to, uh, you know, to dine with the family of her fiancé. And when things were really bad for her, when life was a challenge, when she didn't have anywhere else to go, she went to her mother. She went to her mother in the end. And that's a very compelling theme sometimes we need to recognize. Because even when we struggle with family, our mother, father especially, and children, even when we struggle with them at some level, we can change these people in our lives. We can change them. And so sometimes what I recommend to people who come and say, I'm struggling with my family, I say, the best thing that I feel to do might be to create boundaries and maybe minimize contact sometimes and maybe take space sometimes for a bit. And then when things are a bit better, you could increase that contact. Or if not, you can still maintain minimal contact, but you need to be in touch with those people because on a spiritual level, they say you chose them. And also on another level, you can change them they are there for a reason. We are given these parents or we choose them for a reason. So we need to live with them, but in a healthy way. You see, I see you've got your father there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is so powerful. I, yeah, I, I see everything you, um, you uh, interpret and, and, and more. Yeah, in, in fact, uh, yeah, no, this is very helpful because you, I think you, you unpacked more things that I, I could see actually. And, and you're right about blues, in fact. I think, um, uh, I think they were, now that I think of old, you know, some of the scenes, there were some, some clues that the wife, you know, the late nights, of course, you know, or, and the son could, could have picked up perhaps. Um, and they, they, they haven't, yeah, and as you see, that's quite a subtle, subtle interpretation and, uh, wow, quite amazing, yeah, sometimes we don't see it because we just want to be, it's again, controlling outcomes, we want to be believing that we're in a great relationship, but it might, we might be blinded by it, but we might not see something that's obvious, yeah, that's very powerful. That is so true. Yeah. And the other theme, as I said earlier, it's about parenting. How we parent our children. We need to recognize the impact of parenting on uh, our offspring. That the way that we are parenting our children is the way that they are learning how to do life and relationships. And consequently, how damaged people present themselves as in life as adults is what they saw, is from what they saw in childhood that is unresolved and it is important that we start to recognize these things and we start to parent differently to stop parenting like our parents and to parent in a conscious way we are not going to be perfect we are going to be conscious and that is the difference people sometimes think that when you are healing 
or when you are being conscious i mean when you are changing the way you do things you are going to stop making mistakes no you are not but you are going to be aware of what you are doing and you are going to learn from it rather than repeatedly keep making the same mistakes and that is the difference you see that people need to recognize and to learn in order to move forward in this you know in this new world that we are creating with them with our consciousness isn't it and also relationships um we benefit from stopping looking for mother and father in our partners um anna was looking for a parent she was looking she recreated the same scene with her brother you know that happened to her brother with martin and Stephen. she yeah. did that that is yeah. the thing and so yeah and for, yeah sorry sorry for the interruption and for martin i was thinking uh, he was mirror he was uh, seeking familiarity with anna vis-a-vis uh, -vis her father his father because he was quite uh, quite distant and aloof and you know gr him growing up and then anna was the same so he was like seeing seeing his father in anna which is so bizarre because they're not the same gender usually it's you know you if you're a woman you you seek a father right but this is like actually you know the girlfriend was like his father and uh, that's so compelling actually psychologically they were very similar very aloof and very distant and yes as you say for for her uh it for anna it was um um what was it for anna um yeah she was recreating in fact she was recreating uh, uh and not for the first time because the mother said you know, the mother warned uh, Stephen because this was a repeated yes. pattern. Then we learn, oh my God, she was doing this. She has done this a few times before with men, getting into yes. this kind of weird, mm -hmm. uh, unhealthy situations. Um, so yeah, she was recreating it over and over again, the same kind of uh, uh, pattern from, from her childhood trauma. Amazing. <laughs> crazy <laughs> that, wow wow that's powerful what you said about um about anna seeking um a, a detached um uh, sorry steve martin seeking a detached partner who was like her his father that, that is really powerful because she was she was quite aloof and she played games um she played games because mm -hmm. if you remember when steven um when Stephen wanted to be with her um, and said he was going to leave his family, he turned up at a flat and she had another man there, Peter. So this is this is the game she was playing. She knew how to play her games, you know. And when Stephen um, ended the relationship, she contacted him, she reached out and gave him a key you see so you can she was trying to be in control i think she wanted to control the dynamic that's what yeah. she wanted you to know do. about, so about another... <laughs> i have to say i mean you know there were uh, a bit of uh, chilling reminders for me i mean you know i in my um you know relationship with eric i gave him the i gave him the keys of my flat too early and without you know without <laughs> thinking a lot about it that it's wrong or you know it, 
I was thinking of it in positive terms, but you see, you can also turn it, you, I mean, you can actually interpret it in a completely different way. And for me, that was a chilling reminder. Oh my God, I gave him my keys, you know, she was, and she was, she, in this movie, it was so clear that it was like a very manipulative uh, kind of uh, gesture. Uh, that she wanted him back yeah. in her life. She wanted to continue manipulating, and and he just took the bait so easily, and it was uh, that was yeah. fatal at the end, as it turned out. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th that's what happens when people have trauma. They unresolved trauma. They are repeating what they haven't repaired. So what we repeat, we repeat what we don't repair. So what she was trying to do was to control the situation you know because obviously she lacked control in her own life so she had to control situations she had to control other people and she had to control outcomes and she knew how to control them uh with martin she gave him she was trying to give him a, a relationship and with uh, martin's father she was trying to give him you know, sex, which is what he was probably and most likely not getting at home. And which for him then translated to, I'm sleeping with you and I'm in love with you and I want to be with you. You see, that's what it translated into until and unless it didn't in the end where he noted that she was just ordinary when she had rejected him and she was just abandoned. That's abandonment trauma again, and um, this was the habit of this girl again of abandoning people. Uh, you know, she 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 would go the way that she wanted to go with them, take them as far as she wanted to take them, and then drop them. And that was a pattern that your mother was trying to warn Stephen about. That's that's what she does. She would yeah. abandon people. Why? Because that's what she had experienced herself. So she was looking for relationships where she could abandon people and that's what she did with him and for him i am sure steven had a lot of trauma from his childhood for him to end up with two women who would abandon him because he was abandoned in the end by two women and he ended up on his own miserable and um you know you could see the shoes he was wearing this is a man of medicine who has trained as a doctor, who had been a cabinet minister, and he was now living uh, in a room, renting a room in Europe. And um, it was really sad, that end. But it also teaches us that we need to heal our traumas. We need to address our past. Because sometimes we can live well for a long time or for a while, but it does catch up with us mm. at some point. Because we will meet the person who will trigger our deepest wounds and this is the person who either propel us to healing or send us to a hell hole. You see, and this is what happened with him. He didn't choose healing. He probably didn't know about it, but he ended up in a hell hole because um, he hadn't addressed his long-standing traumas. He hadn't repaired uh, what had happened to him that long time ago. I think there was a lot of abandonment from his parents at some point. Yeah, I think the abandonment theme, as you say, um, as, as you reflected on, on the two of them, features a lot as well. And, and, and it's so compelling in the movie. I mean, at, the, at this horrible 
uh, scene of uh, of the accident, the woman, uh, I mean Anna, just uh, walks away. It's the abandon, you know, uh, she's abandoned and she abandons, right? And then also him, as you say, yeah. actually, I didn't think of it, but yeah, two women uh, that uh, played an important uh, role in his life. Well, you know, one more than the other, uh, apparently, um, or longer, rather, um, are both, uh, yeah, he, he uh, gets abandoned by both of them. So, yeah, it, it makes you reflect on his childhood because it's, you know, it's, it's like a repetition, I guess, of what he has experienced. That is true. Thank you so much, Judita, for coming to this um, to this live. I hope we get another good movie again, like the one you suggested, Phantom Thread, and this one, Damage. Uh, I think this is this is just amazing. What do you have to say to people out there who might be like Steven, like Ingrid, like Anna, like Martin? What do you have to say to them? And like Anna's mother? Oh my gosh. Uh... Yeah, um, I mean, where should I start? <laughs> I, I think uh, <laughs> I think it's quite obvious what. Um, but you know, I, I would be more like I would be more uh, wondering how. You know, how do you uh, put across to these people? Uh, because they are so oblivious in their lives. You know, they they're so set in their life uh, in their lives and they think you know they're they have uh, everything uh, worked out you know at least until the, until the point where something bad uh, really bad tragic happened uh, so yeah how do you how do you actually um, put the message across to these because it requires a complete mind shift um, um, and uh, well, again, you know, I think uh, the first thing is awareness and then, uh, you know, making them aware uh, that some things are, you know, what's, well, it's difficult. How do you tell someone to, uh, you know, that certain things are more important than others? There's, of course, the healing is the key part, right? But before the healing uh, comes, uh, you have to first make them aware that, you know, their priorities, I mean, I cannot tell them your priorities are wrong, but you would question perhaps, don't you care about your son? Don't you care about your marriage? I mean, uh, you know, first thing is awareness of what is actually important in their lives. And I'm sure that if, you know, if they were asked in, in the right way and if they were receptive, they would come to the conclusion, oh my gosh, yes, of course, you know, I want to make my marriage maybe better or I, I, I care about my son, you know, what am I doing? So I think that awareness, um, I think they're just, they, they just, they're, they weren't conscious um, that, you know, uh, that they're not leading healthy lives. I think that awareness first, first has to come to then be able to go on a path of healing because you cannot, you know, I cannot tell them, yeah, you have to heal. I think first they have to be aware that what their, you know, that their life uh, is not healthy, that their way of thinking, well, or lack of thinking, actually, you know, for some, for Martin, for, for Stephen. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, again, you know, the, the, the awareness of uh, what, what actually matters in their life, you know, has to be stimulated and then, 
and then uh, you know the healing obviously again connect you know connecting to um to themselves and um and then working on recognizing what's good in their life already i mean they, they had despite you know as you said that maybe their marriage was not uh, not uh, based on on the right things I, I still think that you know they could uh, they could have recognized what they have built together I mean, and you know they had a son and a daughter um, so I, I think um, and and also for 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 the for the um, uh, for Anna's mother right uh, not to seek uh, love in the wrong places I mean um, for her the realization would have to be you know that's not love you have to first kind of find love in yourself and then everything else will follow much better like you cannot seek love externally so I, I think there's a lot that could be you know a lot of uh, lessons and awareness that can be kind of stimulated with each one of them but the most important one is like you know to to feel uh, to, to, to connect to themselves first of all and um, and then um, love themselves and and not seek love in the wrong places and recognize what's good in their life and be grateful what's good in their life and the irony is Anna at one point she did as you said she did say to him you know you have a family you have you know what, what else do you want so he's not really aware um, that he could be grateful for many things you know and that he could uh, he has many good things in his life um and uh so yeah I, I think there's a lot a lot of that that uh, that they need to be aware uh, first of all and then and then go on a, a path of healing and and um connecting to themselves that that's basically it i mean i think yeah. these messages are really um the same across you know across any trauma um, situation but how how do you go about yeah, I it? I think that's the big challenge. Yeah, I think um, with anyone and everyone, we recognize the, that um, you come into information when you need it. And um, we are always in um, a state of asking and um, we just need to open up to um, to receive. And most of us, we gravitate towards our answers at a timely um you know at, 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 at a timely opportunity but sometimes we are not in receiving mode when things come to us and we have a message coming to us to say this is what you need to do and when we come across a message sometimes we need to ask ourselves why have i come across this message this i'm saying in general but for healing to happen people need to recognize consequences of their behaviors um sometimes before we set out to do something like you said you need to be aware so you want to think what am i doing why am i doing it and what is going to be the outcome if i proceed and and, and do this or what do i need to do differently that's another way of doing it and when you recognize that you are going to do something and it's probably not going to work out very well to consider other people involved especially in this situation i think that can be a prompt for someone to heal in terms of relationships that are good or not so good my take is that if you are in a relationship and you recognize that you are not interested in someone anymore leave them 
if you can if you feel like you are going to have to cheat i think it's better that you leave rather than cheat on the person because my belief is that everything is on loan life gives it to you and we are not meant to be with people forever every person we meet is a cooperative component it's like a bus some buses will take you to um they are as far as they are going but that might not be where you are going you might need to take another bus to somewhere else and that is the same thing with people and sometimes you have to come off this a bus stop even when the bus is going uh, you know further than that bus stop you need to get off a certain bus stop and then catch another bus you see and this is what we need to recognize that we are not necessarily going to have people in our lives who are going to stay forever we need to consider the quality of our relationships rather than their lengths so if a relationship is good enjoy it and if it's no longer good sometimes it's time to say well i need to let go and you can move on and and to move on to other things and and that is okay i feel and um also like we were saying about attaching people to goals i think it's important in healing that we recognize that we don't attach people to our goals but we look for a situation not a person if someone is no longer fit for purpose for the relationship you need to let them go and you need to look for someone else who's fit for purpose because that's how it is we buy things you have a sofa for a few years sometimes you have to chuck it out and you have to buy another one it is what it is and sometimes you have to give it to somebody else and sometimes someone will pick it up and sometimes it can go to the dump and and that is what it is that is the same thing with us in relationships it's time we started to think that way through our healing resources are out there um you know for people to to heal there's a lot of information these days about childhood trauma i think that's where to start that's where people need to start to explore where they come from when you find yourself in certain situations circumstances and relationships look into where you how you were brought up look into your childhood look into your adverse childhood experiences and start to repair that otherwise you will keep repeating it i think that's all we can do i mean for people to buy books and and join groups join intentional healing groups rather than drama and all that stuff so that is that is very very important but um thank you so much judita uh that was really helpful and i hope anyone who's watching found this information we are sharing here today helpful and we will keep sharing this trauma on the screen to just learn about um trauma as it is portrayed in films or movies on screen um thank you so much for watching judith uh, admire joyce um chene uh gugu and anyone else uh thank you so much quality life before relationships say hello to my judith i will see you soon i will thank you thank you bye bye bye